such a sweet presence here this morning. I thank God that he's here every time we come here. Without him, we'd be nothing, right? I'm going to expect you all to get a little bit involved today. A little excited, right? I might not be exciting, but you should be excited. Um, today, I'm going to preach to you about the Great Commission, and it's, it's not odd because I know how that God works. And he gave me this message three weeks ago, but he gave me a couple messages leading up to this message. And we had decided before this that we were going to cancel Children's Church uh, on the fifth Sunday of the month. So he, he gave me this message that all the kids could be here. Amen. And then he gave the message for the Sunday school class this morning. Before he gave me the message, that message was in line, and I didn't even know that that was the message. I don't ever look at the Sunday school curriculum. Um, I don't teach Sunday school class, so I don't need to see that. I got, I got other things to do. So um, three weeks ago, then, I could say that God gave me a three-part series, and the first one was on 11.15. If you weren't here to, to, to hear these, go back and get them on the podcast. They're on there. 11.15, I preached about the, the title of the message was the opposite of division is multiplication, right? The opposite of division is multiplication, and a church, a church united is multiplying. When the church is united in the early church, when they were united, you all remember when they were in the upper room, they were in one mind and one accord, they were all, the, the, the spirit came in like a mighty rushing wind, and, and, and Peter preached right after that, they were all in one mind and one accord, seeking out the spirit, and like Brother Stephan said this morning, they started out with over 500 people there, and they all left until they were down to 120. Those people that were really seeking, their heart was really right, and they were really looking for God, and they were, they, they were willing to wait on him. I just went stop to see if you all say anything. It's going to be quiet like this all day long, huh? All right. They were in one mind and one accord, though, and Peter walked outside after this and preached, and 3,000 people were saved. 3,000 souls added to the kingdom of God, right? The church was added to daily, it says. They didn't even have to wait on Sunday. They didn't have to wait for Sunday to get there. They had church daily, and the church was added to daily. There were powerful miracles that were happening all the time, right? Can you imagine the power of the church being added to daily? The people that God wanted in the church? And those people operating in the giftings of the Spirit and all the miracles and things happening? Can you imagine what the church would have been like? But the church has been divided for far too long. So the next week he gave me to preach on one mind and one accord. It was 1122. Go back and get it if you weren't here. There's so much division t today in our country, in our world, in our church. The world's nothing like what it was when I was growing up as a kid. Forty-something years ago when I was a kid. The world looked different than it does today. Some of you all can remember back farther than that. It, to me, it seems like division like I've never seen before. You have the Democrats. You have the Republicans. You have people saying black lives matter. You have people saying all lives matter, and they're fighting about fighting about who matters the most or, or whatever they're fighting about. That You have people that want to support the police, people that want to defund the police. You have people that are rioting, and some people call those people pre peaceful protesters. you got people on different sides of, of the coin no matter what you talk about. I mean, it comes down mask or no mask, right? We, we don't see this as a spiritual attack, though. As the church, we see it as a physical attack. So we jump on one side of the argument or the other, and then, and then we start bickering with each other. We throw it out there on social media and all those things that we do. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We do the things that we do, but it, it's the enemy is behind all of it, right? We can spend all of our time looking at the natural, looking at the physical things, and how we're divided and, and standing on one side of the issue or the other, which divides us even further. Y'all remember this? It was here last week. I'm just recapping for the people who weren't. Or we can spend our time figuring out how to be in one mind and one accord, right? So I told you, I told you last week, if you're, if, you're, if you're wanting to figure out how to be in one mind and one accord, first we have to figure out what we're here for. Why are you here today? Why are you in this church? If you're here for any other reason than God called you to be here, the Bible says that he set every member in the, in the body as it pleases him. 
If you're here for another reason besides that, 1 Corinthians 12 and 18, if you're here for any other reason besides that, you're here for the wrong reason, right? So if you're here to be a part of the body and, and, and to operate in the body and, 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 to, and to be what we're supposed to be, then you need to know what our vision is and our mission is. Our mission is. We talked about this last week. It's to win the town back for God. Win this town of Excelsior Springs back for God. It doesn't have to stop there. It can be our family. Some of us aren't from Excelsior, right? We carry this thing everywhere we go with us. It's to win people back for God, right? And to disciple people. Part of, part of winning people back is discipling people. So we have to take people under our wing and, and show them how to read the Bibles and, and, and where to go first. And, and, and we can show them different translations or ones that are easier, right? We can pray with them. We can lead by example. We can live it in front of them. Talking about being a disciple, right? Being a disciple is also operating in the, in, in the callings and the giftings that God's placed in our lives. Amen? We agree on that? So are you here to serve or to be served? Because so many people see it as they come to church to be served, to see what they can get out of it. Amen? They come and they want to give all their prayer requests, but they don't want to serve. They come and they want to drop a little money in and, and you pray for me and, and I feel better about myself now and that makes me a better person, but they don't want to serve. Are you here to serve or to be served? And that brings us to the Great Commission. Amen? The Great Commission. There's a lot of scripture today. I have a whole lot of scripture today and that's because I want to prove to you some of you, some of you aren't very well versed in this. Some of you may not be. Some of you are. But I want to prove to you today that this is from Jesus. The Great Commission, Jesus spoke it in, in the book of Acts, right? God gives it because in 2 Timothy 3.16 it says that all scripture is inspired by God, right? So if it's in scripture, we know that it comes from God and it's not from me. Amen? You know that it's not from me because it's from God. I'm going to show you in scripture today. So we're going to start right off in Acts 1, 1 through 8. We're going to read a lot, right? I'm probably going to be boring a little bit today. You're probably going to get even quieter. But just soak this in. Amen? How many know you can't exhaust the Word of God? And if the Word of God is boring to you, then you might have a bigger issue. Amen? Amen. The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began, began both to do and to teach. He's talking about the book of, of, of Luke, right? This is, book, this is Luke writing the book of Acts. Amen? You all agree with me? Luke is writing the book of Acts, and he's talking about Theopolis was someone he sent this book to because he was in danger of being beheaded or killed. So he sent this book to be published, or, or, or he handed this forward to, to Theopolis, and he was talking about the book of Acts until the day in which he was taken up after he, threw, after he Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments. Commandments, right? Underline that word in your Bible. Commandments. If you're, look, if you're using one out of the back of the chair, please don't underline in it. He had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. He chose each and every apostle, right? And he, and he chose you. I'm going to show you this in scripture here shortly. Who he had chosen, to whom he had also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. What's he talking about here? After his suffering would have been after he died on the cross, right? After he died on the cross, he showed himself alive. That's up to the pastor. That's up to some of them other people, them deacons or whatever. I don't, I don't get paid to do that. Amen. I'm talking about reasons that we don't see people seeking the Holy Ghost, right? <clears throat> maybe they just don't, maybe, maybe they're embarrassed. Maybe they're worried about what they're going to look like standing up here seeking after the Holy Ghost. Amen. Maybe they're shy. Can I tell you today, there's nothing wrong with seeking the Holy Ghost. 
nothing at all wrong with seeking the Holy Ghost. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's nothing to be shy about. There's something wrong if you're not seeking after the Holy Ghost. There's a problem there because Jesus gave a commandment. He gave a command. He gave the Great Commission. He said, go out and be my witnesses to everyone. But first, don't leave this place. Don't leave this place until you receive the power to go out and do it. Under my ability, not, not under your ability, under the power of God. Not under your natural human weak ability. That's what he said to him, right? But the enemy deceives us. Amen? The enemy hates for you to be able to speak in tongues. He doesn't want you to have a private prayer language. You see, he can interrupt you in English. He can interrupt you in Spanish. He can interrupt you in Japanese or any other language you want. You want. He knows all the known languages. He doesn't know the unknown languages. The languages that the Spirit speaks to you and says, say these things and they come out of you that's a private language between you and God he cannot interrupt you in that so he wants you to feel embarrassed he wants you to feel like you don't need it it's not important you can get by without it you don't have to have that thing you don't have to have it you don't have to have it. that's the truth you can make it to heaven without speaking in tongues but Jesus said Jesus said you need it and if Paul needs it and John needs it then I surely am going to need it. Amen? And besides, if I have a father that owns the cattle on, the, on a thousand hills and he's the master of the universe and he has a gift for me, why would I not take that gift? That would be foolish, wouldn't it? If he says, I got, I got a gift to give to you, and I say, nah, I don't really think I want it. How foolish would I be? But that's what we say. That, that's essentially what we're saying when we, when we don't seek after the Holy Ghost. So why don't we see more people seeking after the Holy Ghost? You older Christians don't get out of it today. Why don't we see more people operating in it? Why don't we see more people praying in tongues? Amen? Amen? It's not just about the young ones. It's about all of us. And he said to them, in, in Acts 1 and 7, it says, And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So you might not understand it. They didn't understand the whole thing. You might not understand the whole thing. I remember when I was a, a young boy growing up in a Pentecostal church, and, and I call them old-time Pentecostals, but they would get up in your face and spit and snort and holler, and, and, and they would do all kinds of things to try to get you to speak in tongues. Amen? They'd try to force you. They'd try to, to beat it into you. They'd wait there all night with you if that's what it took. Amen? You all know what I'm talking about. And I stood there thinking, I didn't want to be fake about it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to try to say, I didn't want to just try to repeat after them and, and not be real about it. So a lot of times I'd do the walk of shame and head back to my seat with my head hanging down. I didn't get it again. These people are all probably looking at me wondering, what's wrong with me? Anybody ever been there before? Sister Tony's shaking her head. A couple of them, a couple of us know what I'm talking about. Everybody's looking at me. I didn't get it again. They're going to think I'm some big sinner or something. When in reality, probably most of the time, it's a gift, so it's, it's yours. It's yours to have. In reality, most of the time, it's just because we're, I'm controlling. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I like to be in control of everything. I like to understand how it's going to work, and I, I like to have it under my, my, my power, and I, I can do it. And, I, and, I, and God's, God's gifted me in many ways that I can, I, I can understand a lot of things, and I can take care of a lot of things, so I lean on that too often, too often. And too often, we can't, we can't let go of, of that to receive the Spirit, to receive this gift that God's given us. I think that's what holds a lot of people back. Amen? But if we'll wait, we may not understand it, but if we'll wait for him, if we'll seek him, right, 
you will receive it. He said it's a gift from God, and it's for everyone. I'm going to show you this in Scripture. It's for everyone. And then after we receive that, then we have to go. we got to go do something with it. We can't just speak a few words one time and then sit back in the blue chair and that's it. Because that's only half of the commission. It's only half of the command. He said, go out and be my witnesses to the end of the earth. But first, you're going to need this power. First, you're going to need this power in Acts 2, 1 through 4. You guys all know that you probably know a lot of these scriptures by heart. Some of you do. <coughs> it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. We talked about this last week. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And, and then there appeared to them a divided tongues as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled. How many? All. all. Not some of them. Not only the good ones. All. All were filled. They were all filled with the Holy, with the Holy Spirit, this Bible says. I like to call them the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they were all filled. And then the very next thing that happened is 3,000 people were saved. How's it working in your own ability? <laughs> Think about that. Peter was a timid man before this. But then he was filled with the Holy Ghost, him and all of his buddies that were there. Everybody that stuck it out and got in one mind and one accord and really was seeking after God. They were all filled. Everybody was at one time. Imagine the power in that right there. They were there, though, for several days. Amen? So they were ready to give God control. We can't wait on God most of the time, though. Too many other prior engagements. Acts 8 and 12 says, but, then they believe, but when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women, I want you to notice that both words, men is plural, and women are both plural words, right? Both men and women were baptized. Now, he's talking about the water baptism, and it's going to show it here. We're going to read, we're going to read chapter 14 through 17 next, right? So when they had believed, when, when Philip was preaching and they believed it, they, they got saved, they believed on God, and then he baptized them with water baptism. Amen? Are you with me so far? Men and women, plural, everybody. Everybody did. And 14 says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. So Peter and John went down, right? They heard the first preacher first, then Peter and John goes down, who, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. And you know, so many times I, I, I highlighted this word he right here, because so many times we get, I'm guilty of calling the Holy Ghost it. I've heard a lot of you all say it when we talk about the Holy Ghost. It's a he. It's him. He's the spirit of God. Amen. He's not a it. He's a him. He's a he. For as he, the Holy Ghost, had fallen upon none of them, they had only been, been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they'd only been baptized in water, right? Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit, right? Plural. They all received the Holy Spirit. All the men and all the women all received the Holy Ghost. Does that dispel the myth that it's only for the apostles? Does it? Because the apostles were all filled. It wasn't just the 12, though. It was, it, was, or it, was all, it was 120 in the room. And then it comes down and more of them are filled. Who was filled? They all were. All the believers, all the Christians were filled with the Holy Ghost. So it's not just for the disciples. In Acts 10, 44 through 47, it says, While Peter 
was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard his word. How many? All those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as, as many as came with Peter because of the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Does it matter your color? Does it matter your race? It says all. You notice how they were filled differently? They, were, they didn't have hands laid on them. Amen? There were different ways. In the upper room, they were seeking. They were in one mind and one accord. Let me read the rest of the scripture, and I'll get to that part. 46 says, for they, for they heard them speaking with tongues and mag 